Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast, and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in Perfect Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter, and you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be looking at weeks 5 through 8 of the upcoming NFL season for the San Francisco 49ers from a betting perspective. Last week, we ended up going through weeks 1 through 4. I ended up going through the point spreads, which are all available on Bet Online, and talked about my thoughts from a points betting perspective on the 49ers in their first four games of the regular season. Luckily, the bye is not going to be included in these weeks 5 through 8, so we have four more games to talk about. Now, without further ado, we're going to dive right in and talk about the week 5 matchup. As the Miami Dolphins will be traveling to San Francisco, assuming that home field will still be a thing with the whole corona pandemic, but it seems like based on uh, how teams are starting to report to some facilities, it seems like everything is starting to get on pace for a normal start in the NFL. We can all hope, fingers crossed, and hopefully it'll all get better soon, but assuming that home field will still be in existence for this season, the 49ers will be the home team, and they are currently the 13.5 point favorite in this matchup. Uh, and the line is at minus 110 on bet online. Now, at first glance, you might think, wow, this is a large spread here. And yes, it is. It's almost two touchdowns, but I think it's completely within reason. Miami, even though they looked a lot better towards the second half of the year, as they ended up closing the year five and four with Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback, and he is most likely going to remain the quarterback as Tua Tagovailoa should probably take the year off as he is apparently healthy from his hip injury. But you don't really know because Miami wasn't able to fully test out his health before the draft. I'm sure they've been able to do that since, but he still has to learn the new playbook. He's going to have to adjust to a new system. You should probably give him the full season off to just fully rehab, make sure he's healthy, and to let him learn the playbook a little bit more. So I'm expecting Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the quarterback for that matchup. Now, in terms of the rest of the offseason moves for the Dolphins, they had a pretty solid offseason. We're not afraid to spend a lot of money as they ended up bringing in Byron Jones from the Dallas Cowboys via free agency and paid him a massive contract to help out the secondary, and they also brought in Kyle Van Noy, linebacker from New England, and he was very solid last year. I think he was New England's most underrated defender, and the seems like Brian Flores just loved him during his time at New England, and he brought him in for a pretty nice sum, so they should help shore up the defense. The main question I still have with Miami, though, is twofold. I still have questions about the offensive line, and I still have questions about the defensive line, and in the NFL, people can talk about how it's a pass... Uh, driven league, which it is for the most part. But at the end of the day, since it is so pass-driven, you really need to dominate the trenches in order to be successful. So that is going to be an issue uh, with regard to um, the point spread for this game. I just think the Dolphins are going to get dominated on both sides of the ball in the trenches. Miami is very underwhelming in terms of defensive line. Really not much to write home about. And the 49ers, despite losing uh, one of their Staples and Joe Staley, they ended up replacing him with Trent Williams, who, assuming he is still relatively the same guy that he was before taking last year off, they should dominate the Dolphins in the trenches on offense. And defensively, 
Uh, Miami's offensive line was a disaster last year. They ended up addressing some of those concerns in the NFL draft as they ended up bringing in Austin Jackson in the middle of the first round. Offensive tackle out of USC. I personally thought that was a bit of a reach as Jackson seemed to be a bit of a raw product and I think he has the potential to become a solid offensive lineman in a couple of years. But immediately throwing him into the fire at the tackle spot against the likes of just so many talented defensive linemen in the league, not to mention Bosa on the edge for the 49ers. I think that could get pretty ugly, and I think that the Dolphins should struggle to move the ball, and they might struggle to stop the run as well. So for that reason, even though the spread is pretty high, I'm going to lead to the 49ers. You also have a team that's from the East traveling west, which tends to, uh, to be an issue for East Coast teams and vice versa throughout just general track records if you want to look through the stats. So for that reason, I think the 49ers should win that game pretty easily. Miami might hang around a little bit for maybe a quarter. You might have to worry about a backdoor cover, but I think the 49ers should probably win this game by around 17 points. So for that reason, for Week 5, I will be taking the 49ers, minus 13.5, which is available on Bet Online at minus 110. Now looking at Week 6, you have Sunday Night Football and another primetime game for the 49ers as the Los Angeles Rams will be taking on the... San Francisco 49ers, and the 49ers are a 7-point favorite at minus 110, according to Bet Online. Now, to recap the Rams offseason, very interesting, uh, to say the least. They made a lot of moves, not didn't really upgrade at anything, but I feel like at this rate, they pretty much need to shed as much cap as possible as they are going to have to pay Jalen Ramsey a king's ransom to keep him, not to mention the fact that Goff got paid a lot. They had Todd Gurley for a huge contract, which was in my opinion, one of the worst contracts ever given of all time, as they didn't need to pay him. They ended up paying him early, and then his knees completely disintegrated. And the Rams decided that it was so bad that they needed to cut him, and he is no longer on the roster. So they had a decent amount of dead cap to inherit, which is an issue. But with the amount that Gurley was projected to get paid, it definitely seemed to be the right move. They also ended up cutting Clay Matthews, who had a pretty solid year last year, went healthy. He had a bit of an issue with his jaw, which caused him to miss a couple weeks. But he is gone. They also lost Corey Littleton, who was their best coverage linebacker, who ended up leaving and signing in Oakland via free agency. And then last but not least, you also had the departure of Brandon Cooks as the Rams traded him to the Texans for a draft pick. So they definitely made some moves to shed some cap. Did the team get any better? No, uh, not really. I think that this Rams team should struggle. I do think they're actually going to improve in the ground game. Uh, Gurley realistically has basically one knee at this point because he has arthritis in the other one, and he looked very underwhelming at times. I know he had a decent amount of touchdowns by the goal line, but if you look at him in terms of yards per carry, very underwhelming. There are a couple of replacement options. If the Rams really wanted to go for the likes of Devontae Freeman, they potentially could. I don't see that happening before the season. Freeman's already been linked to some other teams, so, and I have not heard the Rams being involved in those rumors. So it looks like the Rams are going to be sticking to the likes of Brown and Henderson as a thunder and lightning, so to speak, combination, and I think they will perform pretty well in Gurley's absence. I really don't think there's going to be much of a drop-off in production because Gurley wasn't really producing much at all last year. The real question involving the Rams, though, is going to be Jared Goff. He seems to have had a Jackal and Hyde type of career. He was awful in his first season, but people blame Jeff Fisher. Then McVay showed up, and Goff was an MVP candidate. He had a, a massive Monday Night Football game against the Chiefs, which is one of the greatest Monday Night Football games of all time, which he won. And then everything hit the fan against the Patriots, and he got pretty much exposed. And then last year, he looked very underwhelming. I'm not going to fully throw Goff under the bus, though. Of course, he ended up signing too big of a contract, but I'll blame that on the Rams' front office. And I believe that they have reconstructed that contract a little bit to provide more cap flexibility. But Goff... 
Still, I'm not going to immediately say that he's garbage. I think he's an average quarterback in the NFL. I think that it wasn't his fault that the team was pretty one-dimensional last year because of the fact that Todd Gurley was averaging roughly, I don't know, three yards a carry, three-point-something yards per carry. He wasn't averaging four. So if the team couldn't really run the ball, then defensive linemen and secondaries knew what was coming, and I feel like they could just you know, play for the pass, and that was definitely a difficult situation for Goff. This year hopefully will be better for him, but overall with this spread here, i got to take the 49ers. They're going to be at home the week prior against the Dolphins, so they're not going to have to travel anywhere. Uh, last year, you had a very entertaining game late in the year where the 49ers ended up pulling it out with that Robbie Gould game-winning field goal that was set up by that long pass to Emmanuel Sanders late in the fourth quarter. But at the end of the day, I think the Rams just lost too much on defense. The question you have to ask for the Rams is that, even, let's just say that they can score points. I don't think Brandon Cooks is an amazing player. I think he's fast, whatever. But you still have Cooper Cup. You still have Robert Woods. You still have tight ends. Everett's pretty good, and uh, Higby looked, looked like a phenomenal tight end late in the year. But if you throw those aside for a second, let's just assume the Rams can actually score points on the 49ers, even though their offensive line is pretty underwhelming. And I feel like that's not much of a bold take. The Rams' offensive line was uh, awful last year for the most part. But assuming that their offensive line stays relatively the same as it was last year, which it should because they didn't really do much to change anything, uh, they still have weapons. Well, let's just say the Rams score 20 points give or take. The question I have for you with the Rams, who can they exactly cover? I know the defensive line is solid with Aaron Donald, of course, but if you really think about the linebacking core, who can guard George Kittle? Corey Littleton was their number one coverage linebacker. He's gone. You also ended up losing Clay Matthews, who even though he's a little bit older, he still had a pretty solid year when it came to getting after the passer uh, last season. And you lose two key linebackers. I don't think anyone can match up with Kittle. I think it's a matchup nightmare. Ramsey is going to be a solid corner as always. as He's a top three corner in the entire league. But the 49ers have multiple receivers who have the ability to beat man-on-man coverage. And I'm a little bit concerned by that. Yes, Ramsey could potentially shut down the number one option at receiver for the 49ers in Debo Samuel, I guess. But you still have Ayuk, who's most likely going to be a decent contributor as a rookie. You still have Pettis, who's going to be coming back from injury. 49ers have some options, and I think that even though the Rams' secondary is pretty good, and even though their defensive line is pretty good, their linebacking core is just an absolute disaster. And I think that's going to be an issue, especially with their offensive line. So for that reason, I think this game will be close. I think seven sounds about right. But for me, I'm going to lean to the 49ers. I think at home, I just think they're going to dominate uh, in the trenches once again. And I think that Goff should struggle on the road against an elite-level defensive line. And I think that the 49ers should win that game probably by around 10 points, give or take. So for that reason, for week six, I will be taking the 49ers minus seven, which is available on Bet Online at minus 110. Now, other than that, though, we're going to be talking about week seven and eight. Before we do that, we're going to take a, a little bit of a break to hear a word from our sponsors. While you're waiting this one out at home with us, you can still have some fun betting with our partner, BetOnline.ag. No NBA, no NHL, no MLB, no problem. BetOnline still has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back. They have Madden. They have NBA 2K simulations. There's even a $10,000 Madden bracket challenge available on the site. You also have UFC lines and props, and you also have online casino with poker and blackjack. And coming up next Sunday, BetOnline has ex-Chicago Bull horse Grant, Bill Cartwright, uh, Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper joining to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, 
and you can get all their thoughts there at betonline.ag. There's still a lot of fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bang Barrier Podcast. We just finished recapping weeks five and six. Talk about the spreads there. And without further ado, we're going to dive right into week seven as we have another pretty intense game, I'd say, after the Sunday night game against the Rams. The 49ers are actually going to have to travel to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots on the road. And the Patriots are actually, surprisingly in my opinion, a two-point favorite. And that one is available at minus 110 on Bet Online. Now, the Patriots had a very interesting offseason for all the reasons that people have, have talked about all offseason, along with the departure of some other pieces. You ended up losing Tom Brady, which everyone knows, as he ended up going to Tampa Bay, along with Rob Gronkowski. However, Gronk was retired anyway, so he came out of retirement, but that really wouldn't have mattered because he only wanted to play for Tom Brady. I think, plus, uh, people forget that Gronk wasn't really that good in his final season. I know that he's, in my opinion, the greatest tight end of all time, but last season that he actually played, he really didn't do much. And I think people are putting expectations a little bit too high for Gronk over there in Tampa Bay. Other than that, though, they ended up losing Kyle Van Noy, which is a huge loss to that defense. And I am a bit concerned for that. However, they still have Stephon Gilmore, still have a very good secondary. And you have to wonder if Belichick will be able to piece something together in order to win double-digit games once again for what feels like the, I don't know, 20-something year in a row. Now, in comparison, the only thing that I can compare this to with the Patriots is kind of like what happened to the Spurs after Kawhi left. And the way that I say that is because Popovich, as everyone knows, is one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time. And people thought, oh, Kawhi is being a bit of a diva. He's going to go, you know, the Spurs will be fine. They haven't been fine. It's just the way it is. If you've looked at the Spurs since Kawhi has left, they did make the playoffs and lose to the Nuggets, but they were hovering around 500, and this year they were not even in the playoff picture. So the Spurs definitely are in the bit of, a little bit of no man's land, regardless of who the actual coach is in Popovich, and I think the same might apply to New England here. The issue you have with New England is, even though Belichick is great, do you really trust Jared Stidham, who's never started an NFL game in his career, to lead your team to 10 wins? I don't know how you're supposed to have any confidence there. New England offensively, even with Brady last year, was a disaster. The offensive line was okay. The receivers, I mean, Harry missed a couple, a couple of games earlier in the year. He came back, made some couple catches by the goal line, didn't really do much besides that. Edelman is Edelman. Uh, I mean, he's a very solid receiver, even though he had injury issues late in the year. But for weapons, Sony Michelle wasn't that great last year in the backfield. I think James White's really good as a receiving back, but... He was arguably their second-best receiver last year, and he's a running back. So I don't really think New England has many options when it comes to just uh, throwing the ball downfield or even running the ball effectively. I think New England's offense is going to struggle a lot with Stidham, and I think that this defense, despite being very solid, might get a little bit burnt out as the offense might not be able to generate enough long-sustaining drives to keep the defense rested. So I think New England is kind of poised for an underachieving year, kind of like what we saw with the Spurs. Uh, when they ended up being the seven seed and they ended up losing to the Nuggets in seven in the first round. Even though they made the playoffs, I mean, the Spurs were, I mean, they were a borderline Western Conference contender with Kawhi and then they ended up letting him go. And they got DeRozan back in a trade, but at the end of the day, it just wasn't enough and they didn't uh, end up, they didn't really recover from that. And I'm not sure New England's going to immediately recover from losing Brady. I know Brady's up there in years, but I think we can all agree that if we were starting a franchise right now, we would probably pick Tom Brady over Jared Stidham. 
So I think that the fact that you have a massive downgraded quarterback, you also lost one of your best or most underrated linebackers, I should say, in Kyle Van Noy. I don't know how New England's favored in this game. I know that it's in New England, so you might argue, well, it's a West Coast team traveling east after a night game on Sunday the week before, and I understand that. But based on paper, there's no way New England should be favored in this game. I think the 49ers should be favored probably by around a field goal, and I think this line would end up moving uh, right before, I'd say, in between the look at lines uh, from, you might see movement on this from week three onward if the Patriots get off to a slow start. And for me, I just personally think that the Patriots, even though they are built on the cachet of winning, which they have had and they've deserved from just dominating the NFL for the last 20 years, I'm starting to think that the era might be over. And I feel like based on how you can evaluate these two rosters, San Francisco should be favored in this game. So for that reason, I will take the 49ers plus two at minus 110 on bet online. I would actually consider taking this one now. I know that you might have to wonder, well, what about Corona? What about this and that? At the end of the day, when kickoff is going to take place for this game, the 49ers should be favored. And I think that the 49ers will probably enter this game as a two and a half, three point favorite. So you might be able to set up a nice middle in the future. And for that reason, I like the 49ers plus two. And now moving forward, we have a very entertaining game for week eight. Uh, schedule between week six and eight is pretty tough. You have two division games sandwiching a spot on the road against New England. But the game in week eight will be tough as the 49ers will have to travel to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. And that is currently a pick'em line at minus 110 on both sides on bet online. Now for week eight, it's very tricky because Seattle, as everyone knows, Russell Wilson finds ways to win, ga- to win games that he probably doesn't deserve to win. And I think Russell Wilson, in my opinion, is the most underrated quarterback of all time. I think he is a generational talent that doesn't get enough respect that he actually deserves. And I know that some of you might be 49ers fans, or a decent portion of you are, and you might despise Russell Wilson because of how much he's killed your team historically. I think you have to agree that if you get to watch him twice a year, you realize how talented he actually is. And when I say that, the reason why I'm bringing that up and why I'm using that as a pre-log for my breakdown on the, on the Seahawks, on paper, I think Seattle's a mediocre team. If you just look at them offensively, they're talented. Their offensive line is always a mess. That's a given. Uh, tight end-wise, they got a little bit better after Disley got injured. They ended up signing Greg Olson, so he should provide a bit of stability, assuming he can stay healthy, which has been an issue in recent years. You still have Tyler Lockett as, as the uh, number one receiver, along with DK Metcalf, solid 1-2 tandem there at the receiver spot, and the running backs, Chris Carson got injured before the playoffs, and they definitely missed him in the playoffs as they ended up losing to Green Bay, and they ended up bringing back Marshawn Lynch out of retirement. But the running game with Penny and with Carson is still solid, assuming they can stay healthy. So the offense, I think, will be okay, despite the offensive line being, I'd say, slightly below average at best. I think this unit is, well, for the most part, it's pretty awful. But... There's a chance they can overachieve and be average. But even with that, the issue I have is with the defense. And primarily, I'm fine with the secondary. And the secondary is fine. You could probably use one more big-name corner to try to shore up the secondary, but it is what it is. The linebacking core with Bobby Wagner is always going to be good. I just feel like that's kind of a given. Bobby Wagner is a phenomenal defensive player, and he is a tackle extraordinaire when it comes to just getting after people in open space. The issue I have with the defensive line, the defensive line last year was very underwhelming, and now Jadavion Clowney's not on the team. Now, it is possible that Clowney does re-sign with the Seahawks as he is still available as a free agent, but I'm 
it doesn't sound like anything is really close. And if Clowney's not willing to move his asking price downward, then Seattle might just let him remain a free agent. And even though Clowney didn't have many sacks last year, he was tremendous against the run. And if you watch the playoff game against the Packers, he pretty much single-handedly kept them in that game the entire second half. So Clowney is a great talent. Has he underachieved a little bit after all the insane expectations he had in going into the NFL? In my opinion, yes, but he's still a very solid, uh, whether he's an outside linebacker in a 3-4 or a defensive lineman, either or, he's still a tremendous talent. And without him, you're relying on a lot of unknown players to fill the void and to have career years, and I just don't see that happening. So defensively, the defensive line, I think, is a joke, and offensively, I think the offensive line is a bit underwhelming. Having said that, I do think that it is going to be a tough spot for the 49ers, and I actually am going to pick the Seahawks to win this game. 49ers and Seahawks seem to always play extremely close, and usually they tend to split 1-1. And last year, the 49ers ended up splitting 1-1, both teams losing at home. Both games were thrilling. 49ers lost in overtime at home after missing a field goal, and then the Seattle ended up losing in Week 17 at home on the one-yard line after McAllister was tackled short, which gave the 49ers the one-seed as they ended up cruising to the Super Bowl before losing. So, in this spot, it's really tough. You can argue it's a toss-up, and I feel like Oddsmakers got this line completely correct. As, uh, just simply put, I think this game is always a crapshoot between these two teams. But the thing you have to wonder is, if Clowney does come back to Seattle, does that potentially move this line one way or another? I don't know. But what I am saying is that they're currently a pick and Clowney's not on the team, but if Clowney does sign with the Seahawks again, I think he could potentially be worth a point or two compared to who his replacement is on the defensive line. They don't really have many options, and Clowney does have the ability to make big plays um, when your team needs it, and I think he could potentially get after Garoppolo a couple of times or at least force him into making some tough decisions. So for that reason, I'm actually going to lean to the Seahawks here. I think they'll win the game. I think this will be very close. Could go to overtime. Could... It should be within one possession. I think the Seahawks won by three. I think this game will be a nail-biter. But based on the fact that it's in Seattle, and I think that the Seahawks and the 49ers tend to split almost every year, at least it seems that way, I'm going to take Seattle here. And I think that game should come down to the wire. But if I had to pick, gun to my head, I would take Seattle. So just to recap, once again, before we wrap up on the show from Weeks 5 to 8, I like in Week 5, I'm going to take the 49ers, minus 13.5 at minus 110 on Online. For week six, I'm going to take the 49ers minus seven against the Rams at minus 110 on Bet Online. For week that was week five was the Dolphins, week six was the Rams. Week seven, I like the 49ers on the road plus two at New England at minus 110 on Bet Online. And last but not least, week eight, I am going to be taking the Seahawks at Pickham at minus 110 on Bet Online. Once again, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite, record, on your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Other than that, that's going to be the installment of Betting Bay Area here for Thursday, May 21st. And good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.